Welcome to On The King's Dime. It is Thursday night. Pretty deathly awful setup I got going here. I'm just on the phone tonight. This stuff has gone, my uh, audio interface has gone down. Everything that ran, ran the entire setup is well dead. I'm gonna have to dig it, dig it open and uh, fix it up. So the sound's not gonna be great, but we're gonna get this episode out before the uh, next next round starts tomorrow. We're at home against the, uh, the Melbourne United, I believe. Pretty big game. I uh, hope everyone out there is staying safe. The weather is pretty intense. There's a lot of rain. Drove through a lot of rain on the way home today. Uh, it's been raining pretty steady all day, so I hope everyone out there is staying dry. I will just uh, share this out to the group. Uh, obviously, we don't have that little that little splash page where we can do what we like while it's kind of loading up. Toggle kind of mess when we do that too. Uh, so... Andy, an update on Andy. His missus is still uh, needing support. His, his little one, I should say. It's not really his missus. It's his little one still needing support. So he's he's giving that. Uh, we were going to go live Monday, but obviously I had issues with my sound equipment, which kind of sucks. Uh, and then let's throw something in here. And then, yeah, so he, he's out for this week. He might be back next week. What I'm going to have to do is kind of rig up some sort of solution i think i was looking around for i had an uh, had a backup interface here somewhere but i can't find it. a little bit of a clean out so I, I have a feeling i might have thrown it out so i'm just sitting here after this episode i'll, I'll look through it hope i did <laughs> hope i didn't do that because murphy's law you throw something out and then you need it uh as always like and subscribe uh about sorry about the bad audio <laughs> Uh, yeah, as always, everyone out there, like and subscribe. We're live on Facebook at the moment. We'll also put this up on YouTube. I actually probably, I don't know if I'll put this up on YouTube, me just talking on into an iPhone. I'll have to download the footage afterwards and then probably rip the audio, which is not going to sound great because uh, it's just the phone coming through. But, you know, what, what are you going to do? We just got to get by make it happen all right one more to go and then we will start talking about we've got obviously the the illawarra hawks game that was that was just an awful game i I came away from the end of that game just going what was what was that that was just a horrible game i think i was saying before the before that round uh on last week's that we get in these holes of just we just can't score the ball it's just a real struggle to score the ball and you know, the, the Hawks are such a solid team and they, they've got some firepower. I think Jessa played really well. It's, it's, it's going to come down to a, a DJ versus Justinian Jessup, I think, for the MVP because I think both of those guys have just been, you know, red hot scoring the ball. They're important to their team. Um, I just hope we win enough games to kind of get a little bit further through and get some recognition uh, in the playoffs that'll kind of drive the DJ MVP vote, uh, MVP, um, Rookie of the Year vote. Uh, a little bit further of the way through. Last year, I just declared it closed. It's closed. Give DJ the MVP. But I think this this week kind of opened up the door. Justinian Jessup had a, had a really good night. He's such a solid scorer of the ball. And he's, he's quite long too. We we don't really have, like, you know, we with Moller playing kind of more of a backup to the, uh, the forwards, you know, you, you've kind of got Didi to throw on him, and then you know, usually you'd have Moller to throw on a bigger guy to who's scoring the ball. Um, but we kind of don't have that. We've got to actually, you know, use Moller as more of a forward 
Oh, I got a little one bursting in. Hello. Are you alright there? Yeah, that's that's always fun. I got a little little one interrupt, interrupting the stream. And when it rains, it rains at pours. Um, so, you know, I just I want to talk about this Hawks game. I'll, I'll keep it brief. I'll, I'll keep it short because um, we'll talk about the bullets again. It's another another week of you know uh, play poorly and it's a waste. And then we play. What's it? I can't come out. I'm live, sweetness. What's what's mum doing? Good night. Good night, sweetie. Love you. Yeah, that's my little one. Um, so yeah, we're going through these these weak stretches. Like we're up against in on one week, and then we're down. And it's it's a real struggle when you know we've got guys out, we've got guys coming back. Or obviously, Jarrell Martin came back in this game, and you know played twelve minutes and then just disappeared. And then you you kind of look at oh, like I, ho I hope he hasn't re-injured himself. You know, he had a little bit of an impact. And taking a forward, like we've had a really really good. Sorry. Yeah, just shut the door, sweetness. It's all right. Yeah. All right. Love you. Have a good night. Good night. Um. Go go ask mum for a drink of water. Um. So, yeah, it's hard when Jarrell, you know, is an inside scorer. So it's a bit of a unique scorer. If if you look at the way you set up a team, obviously, you know, you want scoring guards. You want Casper Ware making sure he has a good night and you know facilitates the offense as well as scores the ball. It's kind of when you get into this, you know, outside type of score. I think, you know, if you compare it to Jay Sean Tate last year, Tate was a unique guy who didn't need the ball in his hands to score the ball. He was kind of more of a clean-up guy, you know, a dump-off guy around the rim. If, if you're actually going to Jarrell Martin, you're actually trying to score the ball through him. So it changes up the way you kind of play offense. And I think that's kind of still why we're going a little bit up and down when he was out, if you look at, you know, the guards are performing pretty well, but I think inside we're kind of, we, we don't have Tommy, you get a little bit out of Tommy V, he tries hard, he hustles. Sometimes, you know, he'll come up with something good. And then Craig Mollis kind of had these little scoring troughs that don't really help. He's not shooting the ball particularly well. His inside game isn't a, um, a staple where you can kind of throw him the ball. It's more of a, you know, I hope we get something out of him. Hope we get a, you know, he hope he goes up and finishes. He's getting a few and ones, getting to the line a little bit. Uh, more, which is good, and one of the other things that I think is we've kind of struggled with this year is Bruce's, Shawnee Bruce's impact has been a little bit less than it was last year. I think he's got a little bit less to run as a backup guy. You know, he's, he started playing at shooting guard, started this season, and then I think DJ has has risen to the fore, and you know, he's obviously a starter caliber player. He's he's going to get the start over a guy like Sean Bruce. And then Sean Bruce has kind of gone back to, okay, you're the bench guy. And then you look at this bench unit and just like, this bench unit, is, it's a mess. It's decimated by injury. You know, there's really nothing to glue together there. And I think Shawnee Bruce is kind of struggling. If you give him the ball and you want him to score, he's not going to give you the kind of quality that you would get in a, in a really well kind of rounded roster that you're able to the weave guys in and out. I think we've, we've got, you know, some, some backup guys, some, some better sort of glue guys. But then again, there's nothing to glue together. I think I've said this a few times this season where, you know, glue, lots of glue guys, but then nothing to glue together. And to, to, to go back to that Jarrell Martin playing 12 minutes, I thought that was a bit strange. You know, if you plug him, if you plug, if you lose, sorry, his 20 points a night that he was kind of started, started scoring with before he went down. It kind of really puts us in a hole. And if you look at Casper Ware, 27 points, uh, 27 minutes, only six points, two of 10. 
if he struggles to score the ball, he doesn't necessarily go into, you know, pass-first mode and get guys open and start, you know, facilitating the offense in that way. Kind of goes into, we're trying to shoot ourselves out of this this slump type of mode. But if you look at the rest of the team, the rest of the team did not shoot that well either. With Vasilovic, 4 of 11, um, 2 of 7 from 3. Uh, sorry, 2 of 7 from 2 and then 2 of 4 from 3, kind of struggling from inside and out. Uh, Shawnee Bruce only eight points, three of six. Shawnee's only really taken six shots a, a game this season. Um, I'll just bring up the stats. Uh, if you look at how many shots he's taken in totals, it's a shame I can't bring all this up on the actual screen because I think that was a good good system last week. We had a we actually show you kind of what I was looking at and um, could watch through the highlights and have a look at those. But if you look at him, he's taken. Um, 84 shots, so let's change that to per game, per 48, and let's see, he's taking six shots a game, so, no, 11 shots a game and six threes, so it's not, look, he's, he's not in a position to score the ball and work hard and, you know, facilitate on offense, he, he's kind of in this position of going in and out of the rotation, trying to knit these, these guys together. Newly only six points, two of six. Moller, four of six, had a pretty good night. Not a bad effort from him, you know, but... And then Tommy V, three of eight. Tommy V's kind of turned into a little bit of a, you know, let's have a... Let's just launch the ball and see how it goes. And even that, it's kind of getting us going a little bit. And we'll talk about that. I'll talk about that in the um, Brisbane Bullets game. Um, but it's still not, not at a level that, you know... If, fits into the rhythm and flow of the offense. It's kind of, you know, we've got we've got seven or eight guys who, you know, can score it. And are they going to score it? Yeah, they might score it. But, you know, you, you can't you can't rely on them. And if Casper at the moment, with uh, Jarrell Martin sort of coming back, if he doesn't have a 20-point night, we're, we're not going to score. You know, we're going to score 69 points on offense. You know, and if DJ doesn't score 30, then we're probably not scoring more than... Uh, sorry, if DJ doesn't score 20... Probably not scoring more than 69. If he doesn't score 30 and Casper puts up 20, then we're probably going to struggle to hit 100 points. And I think a lot of these teams are scoring the ball a little, a, a better this season. You know, in the Cup, they've scored the ball better. Uh, the, the the Cup is over, too. I, I should, have, should have nailed that at the top. Sorry, it's a bit, uh, we're a bit all over the place here. But the Cup's over, and it's just like, okay, yeah, good. What was that? That was nothing. Like, it was just a bunch of games played in a bubble. You know, they came thick and fast. I think some teams struggled, some teams didn't. Ultimately, a team gets a cash prize and let's let's continue on in the season. It was just a bit of a, a bit of a waste of time. I think we, we had said that at the top, kind of, while we were while we were watching these games still going, is this really, you know, is there any point to this? And I'll go back to I still think they could run this side by side. I, I think it'd be great they ran an FFA Cup, uh, like uh, football FFA Cup style, you know, just get anyone with a team and just start them at the bottom and then, you know, play rec league type stuff and then, you know, knock out competitions starting with however many teams, bring some more guys in and then uh, some more teams in and then, you know, insert the NBL teams in the later stages of the draw and it might even give some, some of these smaller teams a chance to finance some of their teams a little bit more by getting guys in the arena, getting a little bit more exposure. Um, but I'm not 100% sure how well structured beyond the NBL and some of the other stuff um, in the lower leagues that's structured. But I think they could run that side by side. That cup strategy is not a bad strategy. I just, you know, it looks like they pulled the trigger on let's make it a bubble and then it was just a waste of time in the end. I, I guess, look, it was, it was you know, pretty... 
pretty ambitious. You got to say, okay, fair enough. That's ambitious. You had a crack at that. Things were definitely different at the back end of last year when they were kind of struggling to put the season together, struggling to start it on time. I guess, okay, make make a decision like that and try and bring in a cup scenario. Okay, but I think this has given the league a chance to look at, let's run this side by side. Let's actually, you know, not play three, two, three, four games in eight days even. Um, but let's have some weeks where you do play two two games a week and then slowly introduce that into league. Because I think... Over the cub, guys struggled. They they really teams sort of struggled. It was like, you know, it's getting kind of hard out here, man. I need a towel. And you know, with, with games coming thick and fast, I don't think in the rhythm and flow of what this league is, plus the the dodgy start, you know, late start. I don't think the league really had all the teams really had a chance to kind of get their preseason right, as well as now you're just going to play four rounds of eight, like you know, three games a week. So have fun, everyone. And then you know, what, what I think we ended up. We ended up playing, I think, eight, nine games in two and a half weeks. And when you kind of you add it up, it's it's not easy. It's not easy. Like, we like to go, oh, come on, harden up. Like, you can do that. But really, it's not easy to drag a team through that kind of scenario. I mean, we, we saw some good performances from the Kings. That Bullets, I'll talk about the Bullets in a minute. But the, that Bullets performance was a really good performance. We've also seen some backing up that we really struggled you know, we've got some older guys. We're lacking um, lacking roster depth because of those injury issues. But for us, a pretty disappointing cup in general. For us as sorry, for us as a team, it's a disappointing kind of result. The way we finished that cup, we had a lot of quarters that we won, and that was kind of keeping us near the top to start the uh, the cup. But then the cup itself was a little bit disappointing because it's like, well, what was the point of that? Um, from from my perspective, anyway. You know, out there, you guys might have a different view. You know, the one thing I liked was games would come and think fast. Every night you could put a game on and the game, you put the put the app on and the game would be on and that, that was pretty good. Um, but ultimately, I still think they should run that side by side. I think that's probably the way to go if they want to actually get a cup environment going. Run it side by side and bring some of the smaller teams, um, you know, with a look to maybe a Champions League Eurobasket type thing where you get a bunch of the, the better teams around Asia or something like that. You know, that's pretty pretty ambitious, pretty pie in the sky stuff, but... Yeah, take it where football can take it um, and actually expand the competition in a way that kind of helps all these other grassroots teams and you know we might find some uh, smaller scout some smaller talent to bring up into the NBL um, with with the crunch of some out some some really good outside guys coming in through the next stars program and the international stuff like the the globalized type of game that allows us to kind of bring in European talent as well as some some ex US NBA talent as well like like we've got Jarrell it's been great to watch him he's been I think a step above you know most other bigs in terms of an off- offensive sense he's got a great array of moves he's a unique kind of post threat but at the same time a kind of old school staple can t- can toss the ball to him he can shoot a fadeaway and a jumper and also around the rim I think we miss JT again we'll keep saying it JT was just a junkyard dog and kind of a heartbeat player you know to lose him around the rim i think he he would probably fit better with these two guards like with dj and uh casper i think jt would be a better fit than Jarrell. but at the same time like you, you can't get trapped into this like oh it sucks man J- i really wanted to watch jt i kind of kind of think like we've got to accept that we're a fledgling league and these great players will come and they will go very quickly if you know they show their greatness and you, you kind of just got to accept that it's just part and parcel of how 
this league works. You know, we're not the top league around the world where all these players are aspiring to get to. Um, and I think Jarrell jarell has been great to watch this year, and like I hope he he can you know put those injury that injury issue aside, and you know down the down the stretch of this season, really get into a groove and get us back playing that sort of inside outside ball again because he had twenty one points against Brisbane, and, and that was a good night for him. I am going to do my three two one MVP. See Andy Andy's numbers aren't locked in because he hasn't actually texted me what his three two one is, so we'll probably get that when I get the uh, the deck back up and running. We'll probably get into that. Uh, so I had DJ for three. It's a rough three. Um, really looking through this box score. It's just, I don't know. Is Diddy worth the two? Seven points, four rebounds, one assist, a minus 21. He's kind of struggling getting thrown into these lineups where, you know, he just gets rinsed um, in terms of a plus minus perspective. And there's not really much he can do about it because he's playing with these, these bigs like, uh, Molo and Vodanovic and then struggling with Shawnee Bruce not being able to knit everything together uh, Newley was it was a bit of a struggle for Newley in this game um, it's been a bit of a struggle in general three turnovers He his hands are going a little bit I've, I've noticed you know he started the season so well he was shooting the ball well he was fitting in on offense and now the fundamental part where he's dropping the ball a little bit he started to creep in over the last few weeks um, I hope he can kind of you know, spread out his game a little bit more. Start get back onto those fundamentals because he's so dangerous in transition. Transition and when he, he brings up the ball, it's so dangerous for us to keep that fast pace, keep that rhythm and flow going. Uh, so Craig Muller had nine. I think I'll go with Muller and let's go. Let's give Tommy V. Uh, let's give Tommy V one because you know he loves to shoot the ball. Uh, shout out to everyone out there who is participating in the 321 fan MVP. That's good to see everyone out there. We've got a pretty healthy number. Uh, when we go live for the half season, um, that's when I'll give an update on the uh, the 321 fan MVP. I'll give, a, give everyone an update on how that's going. And, that, of course, our 321s as well. Um, so, yeah, let's move quickly to the Bullets game. I won't I won't keep it too long. Because uh, I'm going to have to download this and then rip the audio and put that audio up. That's going to be fun. Uh, this Brisbane game was a good game. Uh, we were very solid. Uh, this, this Brisbane team is so hard to work out. You know, they get a buy-in from Sobi and Vic Law. Um, Sobi, 35.9. I think they said that was the biggest biggest scoring night of the of the season so far. And yet I sat there just going, yeah, this was a yeah, performance. Kind of a, yeah. Yeah, yeah whatever. Um, type of performance even though we had 35 points 11 of 21 I always felt we were quite comfortable in this game and it really sort of boiled down to that team rhythm again Geordie played quite well 5 of 8 you know you bring him in and oh, 13 points that, that really helps this team Jarrell again puts up 20 21 8, 8 of 14 7 of 12 from inside and then on a night where okay DJ takes a step back and he only shoots 4 of 10 you know 9 points on the night he can take a step back and, you know, we can continue to put up the numbers in, you know, Craig Moller, 15 points, Tommy V, 13 points. Um, it's, good, it's good to see that, you know, even though DJ took a step back and didn't have the greatest night, we were still able to put together an all-round performance, a scoring performance, 119 points, really, really solid stuff. I think we were down five uh, at halftime. We, we actually were in a kind of position where we were down a fair few. I think their, their biggest lead was 11, and that, I'm sure that was before half time. And was kind of in that 
range. We've had a few games this season and a few pods where you just get that, oh, oh no, you know, here we go. This is going to be one of those Hawks nights where you just, you know, absolutely die offensively. Um, but we, we, you know, we came out in the second half and I think Casper set the tone. He had 25 points, 9 of 16, 4 of 7 from the field and then 5 of 9 from 3 and he's taken those better ones and he's making them and he's getting into a rhythm. He's not just shooting them. We had that issue last year where he just shoots the ball and, and goes up and, you know, it's not the way this team plays. You know, we've got this group group thing. And again, as much as I kind of go, oh, we've got glue and no, no guys to glue together, it's, it's always the games where everyone gets an all-round sort of look, gets some all-round um, uh, glue, and then they play well. So I don't know. It's a bit, it's a bit, a, a bit of a hard thing to um, work out. The injuries haven't helped at all. Like, that's, that's obviously there's one easy excuse right there. Oh, injuries straight away. Like, we've lost guys this season, and then suddenly you, you get a guy like Jarrell Martin back 21 points. I think he fouled out. I think I think we've got a technical, too. I remember that at the end of that where... That, I, I didn't see any contact on that. I'm watching and going, you know, that's, you know, is this really... Do we need to call that? That's not, you know, not necessarily a foul. Um, he fouls out, and then I think Adam Ford got a technical for sort of saying, that's a terrible call. And even I said straight away, oh, that's a terrible call. Well, why would you bother? Um... And then Geordie Hunter failing out as well. He had five fouls. Um, I think that's kind of Hodgson's... I wonder if he had... Hodgson had ten fouls on him, so I wonder if five of those were Geordie and five of those were Jarrell. Um, Hodgson, again, in a team with uh, like guys like Sobian Law, I would... You know, if he was scoring 20 points, maybe Sobian Law aren't scoring as many points because they're kind of facilitating and kind of getting him looks a little bit more around the rim. But he has issues with his hands as well. Like, like he, it was a little bit of a struggle. I thought we defended essentially, you know, the chunky bodies got in there and kind of really clogged up the lane. And that's where you see Sobi get into these spots. And that's kind of where the chunkiness really struggles to do, to have a, an effect on offense, on defenses. Um, sorry, on defense, on opposition offenses, is that, you know, if we're clogging up the lanes, if we're clogging up the paint, Guys like Sobi can kind of, like, you notice he gets that off of, off of two dribbles, off a screen up high. He'll kind of dribble back to the free throw line and shoot a jumper. And that usually goes down for him, or it has been going down a fair bit for him this season. We saw it last year. We kind of saw it the year before where if you don't step out on shooters who are shooting mid-range, then that's where they're kind of going to get buckets. And then our, our overall offensive strategy was kind of, you know, don't defend that. Just let them have that. And then teams would shoot shoot well from three. And then it was like, okay, we can't overrun that. And that's how we'd lose games. Even though we didn't lose that many games last year. Uh, this season, it's been a little bit of a mixed bag. I thought I think we've tidied that up a little bit better, though. The, you know, the Geordie-Jarrell combo. Um, looking at blocks. Only one block, and it was Craig Moore. That was, a, um, that was on Law, I think, in the second half. Um... So we, I think we're like the worst, the worst team in defending the rim. We like we have to be because I think we've got f so few blocks this season. Uh, I'm just gonna have a look at the teams, uh, all teams, NBL. Uh, it's player stats. Look, look at let's look at team stats. I'm sure we're like way down in the blocks, blocks category because uh, blocks per game. Yeah, second last. So 2.2 blocks per game. Melbourne's the best, 4.9. That kind of makes sense. Melbourne have kind of got, you know, Loala Chul, Jock Landau's been playing pretty well. Jack White started the season quite well. He's injured now. Um, 
But yeah, that, that rim protection, you know, we, we have to use our body to defend the rim. We have to use the spacing, the horizontal spacing. And that's, it's kind of a toss up. It's a, just a roll of dice and, you know, I hope we don't get dominated inside. And that's kind of, you just got to accept that. We just got to deal with that. You know, Tommy V's, you know, a good hustle. Like you, you get some hustle out of him and you just go, yeah, reward that hustle. That's, that's good stuff. Craig Moller, you know, you're asking him to play power forward and sometimes small ball center, and he's hustling. He's playing well on the defensive end, and you're going, yes, well done, Craig Moller. But you're not, you're not looking at him in terms of like a Bogut last year, where you're expecting those elite caliber defensive performances, and going, if he didn't provide that, you go, what happened there? Like he didn't provide that defensive performance. We're kind of riding guys up into those good performances, which look down like depleted roster again down the end of a season. You, you don't necessarily want to be in that position. You kind of want to be more in a position of, you know, we've got a really, really well-functioning, well-rounded offensive roster and we're scoring the ball uh, rather than, you know, we've got a lot of guys who we don't expect to, ha- to have good nights, to play well, have great nights. And that's commend that. That's great. Like, celebrate. They're, they're playing quite well. Um, you know, Casper, I've noticed... Everyone's really happy when he plays well. And this tonight, he had, or Matt Knight, rather, he had nine assists. Got guys involved. That was a big, big reason why we were kind of sharing that, sharing around guys were scoring the ball. And then there's other nights where he struggles and everyone goes, you know, he's not good enough. He's not good enough. And it's just in the ebb and the flow of the offense how you kind of, you know, you want him to always be at a steady rhythm, scoring the ball well, and also diamond guys up. And then you can have nights, like I said, like DJ didn't have a great night. You can have nights like that where if he doesn't score the ball, you just accept it and you just go, okay, you know, he's a rookie. We've got to remember it's his first season. Um, any other decent performances? Brad Newley, two of eight around the rim, struggler, a real struggler. Altered, altered some of his shots a little bit, one of six. Still shooting one of two from three. Like, you know, that, that one of three, I think, or one or two of three that he's kind of given us this season from the three-point line has been pretty important. He was kind of really high up on the three-point percentage charts to start the season. Uh, and then he's kind of nosedived a little bit. Tommy V just quietly on eight threes, attempting eight threes a game. That doesn't make sense at all. Let's, uh, let's ch- oh, that's per 48. Let's check the uh, totals. Uh, Tommy V has attempted 36 threes, 16 of those have gone down, shooting 44%. That's a sneaky, sneaky little, all right, I'll, I'll let you take three or four of those a game if you're going to shoot 44%. That's great. Uh, but then DJ again, 45% from three. He's He's been our, our marksman. He's been great, 42 of 93. And then Casper, 40, of, 40 from 107 shots, 37%. Brad Newley at 40%. So if he's in the corner, obviously on, on, this, on this show, we always say, Corner Brad is the best Brad, so if you get him in the corner, definitely shoot that three. On uh, Anything else on this Brisbane game? I don't think um, that Brisbane team is just a bit... I don't know. It's, it's, it's unsuspectingly good when you watch it, but then you kind of watch it and go, meh, it's, it's, it's all right. It's not, it's not an elite team. I think if they were getting sort of better offensive performances out of Drimich and Kadi, you know, they're turning these 10-point nights, shooting um, 30% from field, turn those nights into great nights, maybe they get these wins, but I guess it's a unique game. They scored 108 points, and in most games this season, 108 points is going to win you a, a game. Uh, did they, what was the final standings? I think, you know, a team won the won the, the cash, and I think Brisbane were up there. I think they were second, they were fighting it out. 
for that cash. But that's over. Now, let's quickly do a 3-2-1 for this game. This was a little bit tougher. Uh, I like the performance of Kaspar. I think it's an all-round performance, so I'm going to go with him. Uh, where for three, let's go look at this box score. I think Moller deserves the two. It was a nice uh, blue performance. And then Jarrell. Ooh, now nah, let's go Jarrell and then give Moller one. Martin and Moller. And let's talk quickly about this upcoming Melbourne game. Just going to have a quick look at the stats for Melbourne. They are currently, in terms of uh, three-point percentage, they are fifth in the league. We are second behind Illawarra, shooting 37.3% from three. Melbourne shooting 35% from three. So that's, you know, it's significant. I think although Melbourne are sitting on top of the, the ladder, they're kind of... Uh, look, I was going to say they maybe they're they're a false. It's a false position for them, but I don't think so. I think they've been the best all round team until Jack White got injured. They had like a, an insanely fast kind of uh, backcourt, and then an insanely well balanced frontcourt. Um, they're on a three game losing streak, according to uh, Real GM. So I'd like to make that a four game losing streak. That'd be pretty good um, for us to beat Melbourne at home would be a pretty big statement for us if we could now gain some momentum and move move through the this latter part of the season, kind of picking up games. You know, we're no longer the road dogs. We're going to have to, to bring in home court advantage as well. Um, looking through some of the other stats, some defensive stats, rebounding the ball, Melbourne are third, 37.3 rebounds per game. We are at 35, so not too far behind. It's not too bad. And then assists per game. We are seventh. Wow, I didn't realize we were that low because we, we we had a few games where we were assisting on, you know, 20, 20 made field goals here and there. Um, a few games where we're down at 10. So I, I guess that kind of makes sense. 16.4 rebound uh, assists per game. And then Melbourne, 16.6, so about even. And then field goals percentage. We are third, not bad. And then Melbourne are seventh. So there you go, around the around the rim, and uh, from mid range, not you know not shooting the ball well. But at ten and four, I think you know it's a, it's a pretty it's a pretty kind of you know a real look at what they they are. You know, I don't think the um, the cup format helped them as well either, with the games coming thick and fast. You know, once they lost that first one, they lost a couple more. Um, we we went really close to beating them in that in that game. I think they were kind of lucky to come away from that game with a, a loss, uh, a win rather. We we lost, but Sydney seven and eight. I think we kind of if we can get a, a double game week where we get two wins here, we can break that cycle of win loss win loss. I think that's going to go a huge way for us to kind of move forward in the table. The the other thing too, obviously, the second game is that Taipans game against Taipans. Just quietly, easily the worst league record in the league at four and twelve. Um, that cup scenario didn't help them at all, and they they struggled. I'll have to go back and review the tape, but I'm pretty sure both Andy and I were like, "Cans lock them in top four, definitely, hundred percent, mate, hundred um, percent." So they they have absolutely struggled. Um, but yeah, yeah, you don't want to lose to Melbourne and then lose to Cans. I think this would be a pretty devastating game week if we lose two games and then suddenly we're seven and ten. We're really floating around down the bottom of this bottom half of this league. You know, if we could roll off two two wins here, you know, get up into that kind of fourth around that fourth spot near Southeast Melbourne and Brisbane, 
kind of break into that pack there, start moving through the through the rounds and start picking up wins. Uh, I think, you know, from here at seven and eight, you kind of want to see us string wins together now with guys coming back over the next maybe month, month and a half. Uh, but I'm still kind of not expecting that from this team. I, I don't want to say, I don't want to predict and say, this team, you know, is going to struggle and finish with a with a sub five hundred record ish, and you know, out of the playoff spots. But at the same time, I think I'm going to expect that over us kind of sailing. In like, I'm going to be happily surprised if we kind of sail over the next two months and get really right up jostling for those top four positions. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna view that as wow, like great. I'm gonna enjoy watching that. And I'll enjoy every second of it if we do that. But I think I'm not I'm not 100 convinced that this team getting players back is just has the firepower to reel off these 120 point games where you know the opposition can put up 100 points. That's usually an indicator that that defensively you can't turn stops into points, and that's kind of been a struggle this year. Although we have we have such a good um, good. Good, fi- we have such good firepower in transition, so I guess we'll have to wait and see. As always, I think I'm going to wrap it up here. As always, sorry about the audio quality and the you know the phone, it's a phone episode tonight. Um, I will work on I'm going to dig through my cupboard and see if I can pull out that other, other interface. We'll bring the decks back for the next episode. Uh, we'll let you know when Andy's back as well. and. Yeah, hopefully we can we can beat Melbourne in the tight bands, catapult ourselves, and work hard. Uh, as always, like and subscribe. We're live on Facebook now, so if you want to watch through Facebook, uh, then watch us live. You can also find us on YouTube. We'll put these up after on YouTube. The videos usually. I don't know if I'll put this one up on YouTube. It's kind of just a video of me talking. I have to rip the video and then re-upload it. I think I'll just put the audio up. The audio is on Spotify. We're on uh, Anchor, so that puts it out to Spotify, Google Podcasts. And Apple Podcasts, if you want to leave a rating and review on any of those, that really helps us get out there to other Kings fans. So do that and help us. And as always, we will see you guys next time on the King's Dime.